0: This is Janine Hayes and Brian Mason of Afro Chic, and you're joining us for One Story Up, a celebration of the culture of the African diaspora and the stories that create it.
1: Each month, we sit down with creatives, innovators, and tastemakers from a variety of different disciplines to highlight the intersection and overlap of these fields while elevating and expanding our notion of Black culture one story at a time.
0: Today, we're in Brooklyn, and we're talking with model, activist, and fellow podcaster, Nikia Phoenix. And the <laughs> Hey. <laughs> we are so ex- excited. Oh, my gosh. We are so excited to have you on the podcast. Um, we always like to think about when we were talking to someone, you know, like, how did we connect with each other? Like, how did we first meet each other? And the funny thing is we connected with you in that we did not meet you. It was that I was pinning pictures of this beautiful woman with beautiful freckles and you were just like on our pinterest board and mm-hmm. i don't know i always say like pinterest has a little magic to it like sometimes things happen but um i think somehow it was like okay you're gonna connect with this person one day
1: yeah you were definitely on the pinterest board and i think um for me I actually i saw the the 23andme commercial i think that was when i really like first noticed i was like oh i, re- I recognize this face because i know that i had seen it on on the pinterest board as well
2: uh, mind-blowing and really awesome look at the power of manifestation
1: right
0: there <laughs> <laughs> we manifested that we would connect and um you know a few a couple years ago now we were out in la and we got to do like a 24-hour makeover of your home which was one of our favorite projects it turned out so so lovely so i i hope that those pieces have gone with you to atlanta
2: yes absolutely and it's. It's hard to recreate the magic from that space because that space was great. You know, the, the windows and all the light and just, I love older buildings. I like the character of older buildings and like 1920s Spanish style with the archways and everything. Mm. So, ah, uh, gosh. So, yes, the, the pieces have come along with me and it, they're beautiful and it, everything's beautiful in its own way
1: now absolutely that's great to hear I mean we we love that project and it was really fun hanging out with you I mean actually I think that's still a record for us 24 hours to do an entire interior design project and photo shoot so I think that's that's still the fastest we've managed (laughs) to pull that off
2: (laughs) you all knocked that out the park I mean oh my goodness Oh
0: my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> well, it was fun, and one of the things we love was just you know you. I mean, you just have like such a you know open and, and and welcoming person, and so we we're excited to talk with you today just about your journey and your path and all the things that you've been doing. And we wanted to start with you know your path to modeling because I know that for you it wasn't a linear path. You didn't even start out. As a model, you started out in in, in news, right?
2: Yes, I actually started off as a TV news producer for a local South Carolina morning show. And wow, the fact that I went from there into what I'm currently doing. I mean, that journey has been uh, it's been kind of miraculous. I think that often people are afraid to um, start new, to start fresh, to Mm -hmm. reinvent themselves or to evolve. And I'm hitting that point in my life now that I'm like, okay, so this is what evolution looks like before it came. So um, it seems like it came so seamlessly. But here I am now realizing that it's been gracious about 15 years since I started my modeling career. Wow! And when I started, I started at 25. And that's normally when most models are kind of ending their career. Mm -hmm. I'm just getting started. So I had a very different perspective than my um, fellow models. And my perspective was, okay, this is a legit career.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And if I'm approaching this as a career and as a professional, then there are certain steps that I'm going to take. That coming into the modeling world, the way that I did, people weren't ready for me saying, okay, so you're looking for, you're looking for a model who can do this. Well, here's my portfolio that shows that they would come up with different excuses of why they didn't want to hire me. And it's like, just
3: be Mm. honest with me.
2: I'm a professional, you're a professional. Let's cut out all the BS and the time and just be honest with each other. Absolutely. Let me, let me give you the tools that'll better serve both of us to make this um, to make
1: this career fruitful for everyone right mm-hmm. right because you know like a, an honest conversation will lead to an honest resolution right so right no what was what was the the period just before like though kind of walk us through, through that like the the, the buildup to that transition from a TV news producer you know to a model I mean like what was going on that kind of like really finally made you take that last step in that direction?
2: Um, that's very interesting. I, I've i come to realize now, because I have a, a bigger perspective of exactly what I was going through, mm-hmm. because I remember wanting to be a model as a kid and going to all those um model searches at malls Mm. kids 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 still hang out at malls these
3: days
2: (laughs) (laughs) they're kind of non-existent now um but i remember that was a those those model searches were a thing and i always wanted to do them and i would do them and i'd get picked but you know it was taking it to the next step the next level to always um kind of uh Threw me off, and it's and it threw, definitely threw my mother off. Oh.
3: Um,
2: I don't think that she was ready for me to take that that leap. And I understand now that there's so much that so much that goes along with that. You know, your identity and uh, your self worth those yeah. those become challenged in in industries like fashion and beauty. Yes, mm-hmm. and I know now that I was definitely not prepared for it <laughs> at, that, at that point in time um but when i when i left tv news and realistically i got fired from my second tv news job mm. i i was very frustrated that i got let go but i was also in um in a space that i was the only woman of color in my position wow the only woman of color you know running basically running my own show so there, there are a lot of egos in TV news, and a lot of egos were not were not ready, were not prepared.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's something that we see even now, like the lack of inclusivity, you know, in in that field, you know, of media um, in general. When I, when I think of you, like, and you're, you know, you're so good at you know, communicating to people that you are, you know, constantly evolving. And we all are. Um, But I think that you're very open and honest about it through, you know, social media and how you talk about it. Um, And you do modeling that is your profession. But, you know, you're also someone who, you know, I think a lot of women look to as an activist about, you know, beauty and about self-care and and self-love. And you created something that was called Model Liberation. What led you to create that effort? And, you know, I'm not sure if it's still active, but did it fulfill its purpose in terms of what you were working to create?
2: Wow, that Model Liberation, my baby, my very first blog. Um, Mm I... It was created out of frustration. Mm. I was frustrated with the things that I was being um, challenged with, challenged by in modeling, and I kept wondering why is no one talking about this?
3: Mm. Because
2: as my model friends and I would see each other at castings and auditions, and we would exchange stories. But I kept thinking, why isn't this being shared on a on a more public space where we can all talk about it? Because these the things that were happening to me and were happening to my friends were actually universal. And what I realized mm-hmm. when I started writing Model Liberation was, it wasn't just specifically about the modeling industry. Model Liberation branched out and touched so many people because it ultimately was about self love and self identity.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But
2: I, I didn't realize that until non-models started commenting and chiming in and, you know, the the internet opened up this this community that I wasn't aware of until I started blogging.
1: Yeah. And it was actually, I guess, kind of an interesting concept, that step, you know, a model advocating for other models, right? Because, you know, from the outside, it seems like the, the circumstances that are set up are much more competitive, much more, you know, um, you know, adversarial. So the idea of being able to stand up and say, "Okay, well, here are the the negative situations that are, we're all being confronted with. Here's a safe space for us to talk about them and kind of support each other." Um, it sounds like there was something inherently revolutionary in that. And what were the reactions to it, sort of inside, you know, the industry and among other models?
2: Most of my most of my friends. It, it's very funny because my friends would see me. Um, right before a fashion show, I I had my laptop out or I had an iPad and I'm like sitting there blogging and typing and they're like, what is what is going on? But then afterwards, they would read what I what I wrote or what I posted and they were like, oh my goodness. Yeah, what she were doing this whole time. Little investigative reporter in the, in the corner. Um, but it, it allowed, I think it opened up other models, male and female, re- to realize that the things that were happening to them individually were happening across the board and that it's okay to speak up, that it's okay to tell your agent, to tell whatever photographer you're with, whomever, yeah. that you're comfortable or uncomfortable with a certain situation. And you don't have to stay in that place. You can leave.
3: Because
2: yeah.
0: Because
2: nothing, your sanity and your well-being is not worth a paycheck.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it, it sounds like so you know, you had model liberation and that was the the first baby. And then the the second baby was Black Girl Beautiful. Um <laughs> I we love Black Girl Beautiful. It was one of you know, on the cover of issue two of the magazine, you're wearing this this shirt that says Black Girl Beautiful. And um it really struck me personally because it's something that, you know as a black girl was always challenged, you know, are you, are we beautiful? You know, like people would suggest that black women could not be beautiful or that we, you know, that, um, you know, that we were outside of those, you know, normative um, beauty standards. So, so tell us a black, about black girl beautiful and why it was necessary to widen, you know, your effort to something that was a little bit more universal for all black women. Mm.
2: Black girl beautiful. My baby continues to be my baby. And and sometimes your baby can uh, take from you more than it gives back. <laughs> and I was I've definitely been feeling like that off and on with Black Girl Beautiful. Yet I see the impact that it's had and continues to have on women of African descent and, and young girls because the word mm. girl is in the is in the name. But you know, girl's a term of endearment for
3: us. Right. Like, hey girl. <laughs> <You know>? Exactly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but but um it it sprung from this idea of wait, we spend we have we spend all of this money. We have, have all of this economic power. We influence so many things. However, like what's really behind all of that? Why do we keep spending all of this money? And do we genuinely flex our buying power and flex
0: mm. our voice? hmm. That is major because, I mean, we like you said, I mean, I think a lot of people don't realize that black women alone will contribute trillion over a trillion dollars to the economy, I think, in like the next year. Mm-hmm. So maybe it is 2020 or 2021. Right. Um, and like you said, we have this economic power. Um, but but where where do we use it? How do we utilize it? And, and do we even know that we hold um, the power of the person that way?
2: exactly so it's one of the one of the video projects that I started doing that I'm I'm definitely going to bring back around because it was so meaningful it really drove the message home i would sit a friend down and interview her and just ask when was the first time that you realized you were beautiful
3: mm-hmm. and
2: that question alone gets so many of us stuck mm. because it's like, wait, do I, do I really know? Do I know what I'm worth? Do I know, do I know the beautiful energy that I have? And many of us are like, we're, we're discovering that.
3: Mm -hmm. We're in the process
2: of discovering that. That question like blows everybody away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's
0: interesting. Like, you know, that question and then thinking about, you know, like you said, the sort of younger generation, these, these young girls who are, growing up in an era where they do see a lot of representation. Um, you know, our niece is seven and, and she knows she's beautiful. <laughs> I know <laughs> that she knows that about herself. Yeah. Uh, she'll tell us, you know, like she, she is very confident, but like you were saying for, you know, our generation and those who are even older, um, that question is something that, you know, we still have to um, grapple with our own feelings mm-hmm. about, you know, how we feel about, about our beauty.
1: And I think that touches on something, you know, interesting. Because it's, it's something that's always present, and we don't really always go directly at it. So, and even for our niece, who, yes, she's, she's very confident in herself right now. She knows that she's beautiful, she knows that she's smart, but we know that there's a world out there that will challenge those perceptions about herself. And, you know, the extent to which she'll be able to hold on to them, one, is the support of their family, but it's it's ultimately a question. And so our question is about why is that a question? So this is the age of Essence Fest, Black Girl Magic, and Black Girls Rock, and yet somehow the beauty of Black women as a whole still continues to be in question, or it's conditional on some continually shifting standard that, you know, no one seems to be willing to take responsibility for. So how is it that With all of these affirmations, you know, there's still, we still have a situation where if you sit down with an individual black woman and say, when did you know you were beautiful? How is it that that still becomes a sticking point?
2: That's so, it's so layered. We're, every single human being on this planet is, we're conditioned and we're taught certain things. Mm-hmm. and then we we start maybe we have anxiety or we start getting depressed because what we've been wired to think is not how we genuinely feel those things start to conflict mm-hmm. so specifically with with black women and black people we have all the all the wiring that that's messed up that that's conflicting with how we feel Yeah, and then the messages that that we've been bombarded with generationally come into play
3: mm-hmm.
2: post-traumatic slave syndrome com- comes into play so from so many different directions we're hit with untruths about ourselves and there's that one little voice that's hiding somewhere deep inside that's telling you that you're that you're loved and you're worth it. So it's about making that voice louder than everything else.
0: Yeah. And, and so it's, it's, you know, giving voice. Um, What other ways do you think that, you know, black women think activities or things that we need to do to, you know, break that cycle? Oh, I
3: love these questions.
2: Oh my goodness. Um, I, I spoke on a panel about black beauty a few weeks ago at Clark Atlanta university. Ooh, nice! And it was actually, yeah, it was, it was a wonderful panel discussion and it was um, presented by true colors theater, which is an African-American theater company here in Atlanta. And the topic was, uh, we, we talked all about black beauty and the messaging that we, that we get and, the majority of the people in the audience were older Black women, and having to—and um, I—I have to do this with my mom sometimes as well. Challenge the things that she's been taught about herself and mm. taught about Blackness. Yes, and understand that that I have three nieces and I—I I love them to death, and I see them discovering their, themselves and coming into themselves my task as the auntie is to encourage them to do that, but also to remind my mother and my sister and, and everyone else who's around them to check themselves because you don't want to put your own anxieties and untruth on someone that's still developing. Yes. Their self identity.
0: <laughs> absolutely. And, and I think that that is true. I mean, um, it ma- makes me think of over the holidays, we were, you know, um, home with our family and, uh, a cousin brought over his new baby and her hair was, she had just, her hair was styled. It was natural. It was out. And one of our aunts went, you have to brush that baby's hair. You know, that was like her <laughs> first thing she said. And I was like, her hair is beautiful. Like, wait a minute, like let's mm-hmm. just stop right now. Like, and you know, it was partly, you know, our, our, the the aunt our family member who just she did not grow up thinking that natural hair was beautiful and so mm-hmm. to her it was like oh this is bad you know like you're you guys aren't doing the right thing and, and I actually said I said you know her natural hair is beautiful and these young you know these kids now they're growing up with their natural hair and they don't you know there's nothing wrong with it you know and she was kind of like oh, you know, okay. Um, but I think, like you said, especially with the older generation, it it just is about um, honestly exposing them to our points of view and younger people's points of view of saying, hey, there is nothing wrong with me being naturally who I am, uh, with my hair, with my curves, with, you know, any of the parts of ourselves as black women. And um, I think in some ways we're inspiring them. So I'm I'm glad to hear that you were doing a panel that at Clark and that there were a lot of, older women that were in, in the audience, because I hope that they were inspired hearing young women in our embrace of ourselves.
2: Right. Because our generation, we bridge the gap between the younger generation and the older. Yeah. So we can, we can help the older generation see, and we can help the younger generation learn. Mm.
0: I love that. That's a powerful way to break the cycle.
2: It, it, Genuinely is. And when we heal ourselves, we heal our ancestors.
3: Mm-hmm. We heal
2: the future generations, what comes after us. So I think it's that self-love, that work that we do now is so, it's monumental.
1: Absolutely. Because
2: I, I, I refuse to take, I want post-traumatic slave syndrome to be just a myth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want it to be I want it to be something that generations from now, they're like, wait, didn't that exist? They acknowledge that, yes, our, our ancestors did go through these things, but it's not having such a strong effect on them.
1: Right. It's not definition. That's on us. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting. The thing that we love so much about talking to you is that you bring a, a journalistic level of analysis to, you know, so many different things that, we, that we're talking about, specifically within, you know, your industry of modeling. And as a model, you're a part of an industry that basically equates beauty with value. And so I'm interested to know what lessons that's taught you about really how to distinguish between the two and the, the importance of, you know, understanding the connection, but keeping, you know, the kind of like the, the separation. Beauty versus
2: value. This is because, yes, everything fashion, modeling, um, it is all about aesthetic. And I remember being I remember being in Milan and going to casting. This was 10 plus years ago Mm. and being frustrated that I would get to a casting and maybe there was one other other black girl there and she would give me a heads up like oh girl no they're not looking for us oh Mm
0: -hmm. wow
2: and it was like you know i was was (laughs) confused by it like but wait the the casting notice says all ethnicities look and like no no no, (laughs)
3: That's, (laughs) that's not
2: what they're actually what they're actually looking for um but even then having to realize that 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 does not, someone else's opinion does not affect my own Mm self-worth. And I didn't know exactly how to articulate that then, but I know how to now. Someone else's opinion does not have an effect on my Mm self-worth. I'm Mm
3: -hmm.
2: still who I am. I am still loved. I'm still worthy, despite what anyone else thinks. There's been There's been so much reprogramming to to think about that, because you know, if I go to an audition now, most of the time, yes, it's, they're, they're looking for a specific look,
3: mm-hmm. right?
2: But what I realize what I bring is a is a specific energy.
3: Wow, yes.
2: and that energy can it can shift things. I've definitely gone into auditions where they are not looking for me whatsoever, but my energy
1: shifts perception. Afro Chic Magazine is a lifestyle publication celebrating design, art, food, and fashion from across the African diaspora. The Root says Afro Chic Magazine is for us, by us, celebrating our own incomparable influence. Get the magazine that celebrates the culture at afrochic.com.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I can see that. I can see that because you you have such a positive energy about you, and you've been sharing that that energy with all of us through your your newest project, your newest baby, the Nikia Phoenix podcast. And, and you know, the podcast <laughs> we've been listening to it, and um, it's an intimate exploration of your own experiences with what we're all we're, we're talking about: value, beauty, self care. And you are so open um, in the podcast about the journey that you're on. What made you want to to open yourself up that much to to an online audience, to this audience that's you know listening and streaming it, or and even on your Instagram to the audience that's sort of watching as you are you know on your own um, you know path to growth and transformation. I realized that there is.
3: Um
2: there's strength and vulnerability. Mm. And that in order for me to really, I'm on this path of healing and this journey of self-discovery, that in order for me to do that, I have to be transparent and be really real with myself. So I don't, there doesn't need to be a difference between like, my social media avatar and who I am. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that society tells us actually
0: just the opposite.
1: Right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah.
0: And, I mean, that's powerful in itself.
1: Right. The idea of, of like truth in social media or honesty, whereas, you know, typically, and, and you're seeing like where people are having these negative reactions. People, you know, I had to take a break from social media or, you know, young Young people, you know boys and girls, you know going through these sort of like mental distress because either they're not able to make their social media look as perfect as they want it to or because they feel like what they're seeing on social media is saying showing that someone else has a life that's more perfect than their own mm-hmm. um is so to to kind of try and break through that distortion of reality that this is um is really interesting, and very, very brave project to take on. And we just want to know, so what are you hoping that your listeners will get from it? And is there anything that you're hoping to get in return?
2: There's, wow, there's so much that I'm, that I'm hoping to get in return just by, um, just by expressing myself.
3: Mm-hmm. Because
2: I felt, when I moved to Atlanta, I say that I moved here because my heart led me here, and I wasn't quite sure how that was going to play out. I just knew that it needed to happen.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: So, with the with the podcast, and I haven't recorded an episode in a couple months. um, I'm probably gonna record something today. This conversation is inspiring me. Oh, good. (laughs) 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 Um, because. I'm, I'm looking to heal and to be able to show people that healing is not a hashtag.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean, it is,
2: but it, it's not a hashtag. Uh, self-love is not a hashtag. Self-care is not a hashtag. These are things that are, that are very real and that we experience, and that it doesn't have to be picture-perfect and pretty, because often it's not. I mean... Hashtag ugly cry. You know, I love Viola Davis because when she's crying, it is it is not pretty. pretty (laughs) She goes (laughs)
1: goes (laughs) in on it. She like she leans into that cry.
2: Yes. So I want I want us I want us all to lean into it because can't you tell when somebody's not being real when somebody's not being Mm -hmm. authentic?
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah.
2: And. when you are your authentic self and you're living in, in your true self and, and tapping into why you're, you're here, your purpose and all of that, mm-hmm. it, it somehow gives other people permission to do the same with their own lives.
0: Mm hmm. -hmm. And I love how you're talking about, you know, tapping in into your purpose and and into authenticity. It's almost it's interesting because in some ways that isn't always the conversation about self-care. And um, I learned from you listening to the podcast and and reading some things about self-love, which I think is definitely, you know, a term that I hear even less, but it seems like it's even more important. You know, what what would what should people be thinking about or or reflecting on when they're thinking about, you know, trying to embrace, you know, self-love, um, you know, what does it mean to you? I guess that, that journey, because I think that you talking about it has inspired me to go, wow, like I've talked, I think about self-care, like I'm like, oh, I need to do yoga and let me like meditate and, you know, let me make sure I eat, you know, really well, um, but those things a lot of those things are still very external um and not necessarily about loving who I am. So what is that journey to self love
2: oh wow my my map to self love is very confusing and convoluted, and it's I've been saying this out loud to myself and to other people. <clears throat> Progress is not just taking steps forward, it's taking steps. To the left, to the right, turning around a little bit, doing another little two step. Is, but you're moving. The, per, the point is that you're moving out mm. from point A. You're moving out, mm. not necessarily forward, but you're moving out. Interesting. So for me, self love is saying, "Okay, I'm here. I'm here at point A." Oh wait, how did I get? How did I get here? okay, let me, I can look back at where I've come from, but I'm not going back there. Mm
3: -hmm. That place
2: was not not good good for me necessarily. But what can I learn from that? And what can I take with me to this next destination? And genuinely, because we are going to take some steps back. And that's okay. Having being your own best friend is very important because mm. often we overextend ourselves, especially as women, we overextend ourselves to other people.
0: Absolutely,
3: and
2: don't do it for ourselves. So, self-love is having having that grace for yourself. Because I used to beat myself up whenever when I was in deep depression, thinking like, "Wait, I'm going, I'm going to therapy. I'm taking medication." And whenever I'd have a breakdown, I would beat myself up about having the breakdown.
3: Mm.
2: Mm. Self-love for me now is saying, like, hey, you're going to have moments, and that's okay. But you're still moving out from point A. And that's what matters. Mm.
1: Right. right. Absolutely. So I think there's something that's really, really, really interesting that's going on here. Um, And it's that, as you've said... We're all formed. We're all conditioned in certain ways. For good as well as for ill. You know, social norms by themselves are not bad things, but there are bad social norms. And so we kind of grow up in the context of basically everything that's happened before we were here. And getting past that or even taking control of it in order to shape yourself into the person that you one ultimately are and two the person that you ultimately feel you want to or should be is an incredibly difficult process to go through. And few people even stumble onto the beginning of it, much less pursue it all the way through. On the other hand, at the same time, you know, if we were to take, you know, a model as a concept, not as a person, but as a concept is something that's entirely shaped by outside perceptions You know, it's, you know, a model is carrying in a fashion sense, you know, someone else's vision, um, in a marketing sense, uh, you know, you're conveying someone else's brand or identity and from the public sense, you know, like the, the value of beauty is basically in other people's perceptions. So from that context to take on that journey, you know, so with all this sort of like added, you know, onto just the the basic sense of being, you know, a person struggling with, you know, working out the the distance between the conditioning and the true self, um, and then to do it publicly, you know, through social media, through blogs, through different events, you know, is almost, you know, not only forging your own map but you're cluing other people into the fact that there is a road to be traveled and that here is a way to do it, basically demonstrating, you know, your own journey, the ups and the downs, the the struggles and, and all of the triumphs of it, you know, and in that through that, in that through line, you know, model liberation, black girl, beautiful, and the Nikia Phoenix podcast, all start to seem like they fit together as part of this ongoing conversation that you're having, you're trying to have with the rest of us. Um, And so we're curious to know, like, ultimately, what form do you think this dream might take? And what if we all listened? You know, what would the world look like? You know, in your mind, like, isn't that utopian sense then? Huh. Ah, utopian sense. Let me start
2: there. Um, I think that. I feel like I I want each individual to be able to see themselves and to also see the beauty of humanity. Um, there's this exercise that I've done in my in Kundalini yoga classes
3: mm. that's really
2: beautiful, where you're you're sitting cross-legged um, in front of someone else and you're. Staring intensely into this other person's eyes Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and just seeing them, really seeing them. And, like, you're not looking away, like, for however many minutes you and that person are locked.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: They're so different from you, but yet in those moments you are so alike. You see each other and you realize that you are sharing this universal energy. And I think in, in my in my utopia, we see each other's universal energy. We feel it, and yet we still fe- celebrate each other's individuality mm. because my my energy it's not conflicting with your energy; it's coming together with yours to make this entire universal energy. And I think differences, yes, they exist, yes, we can celebrate them, but that doesn't mean that I'm any better than someone else or I'm any less than anyone else we're all we're all actually equal,
0: yeah mm-hmm. absolutely right. can- i I love that vision it mm-hmm. is it's beautiful, and it's about what you're putting you know that energy that you're putting out in the world and you're always, you know, creating and putting so much out in the world. One of the things is, you know, it seems like just after you moved to Atlanta, you did this incredible mural project um, that we saw popping up all over online. <laughs> and um, I can't wait to see it the next time we get down to Atlanta to see it in person. But it, it's the Brown Girl Beautiful Mural. How did that come about? And, and, and you know, what was the message um, that, that you were, that you were sending out there to the women in the local community?
2: Mm -hmm. Oh my, oh, I love this one. I love this one. Uh, this is, this is one of the times that I can say, yes, Black Girl Beautiful has given back to me. Um, the way that this mural came about is that I've been dreaming about doing it for a while and I, I knew what it was going to say. I always knew that I just didn't know how and where and you know all of these things. And last year, this company, Pledge World, approached me and said that they wanted to help me fulfill a dream.
1: Mm. Which,
3: like, oh,
2: what? Yeah, right. like, who, <laughs>
0: and, like, yes, thank Good. you. <laughs> that happens every week, right? That's you awesome. Know, like,
3: <laughs>
0: <yeah>. <laughs> like, what
2: is there? Is there a price cap on this? Like. Mm-hmm. What the- do I have restrictions? (laughs) I don't have any. Okay. And what I decided to do was this, this mural, like, okay, if I, if someone's approaching me, yeah, it would have been wonderful to do so many other things. But Mm. I was like, if someone's approaching me for saying that they want to help me with a dream, well, here it is. This is, this is what this is. And my good friend Fatima Stevens was the artist behind it, and so many mm-hmm. other, so many other minds and hearts went into actually making this come to fruition. But the Hey Brown Girl mural is—it's essentially my love letter to Black and Brown girls everywhere, especially in the city of Atlanta, because. This is—it's still Chocolate City here.
3: Yes, yeah. I,
2: wa- I want us to know how much power we have and how important we are, and we give so much. But gracious, somebody needs to show some appreciation. So <laughs> that's essentially what the what the mural is. It's a love letter.
3: Oh, it's,
0: just
2: a, it's a friendly little reminder, like that. Hey, girl, I see you.
0: What an and absolutely beautiful love letter for so many, you know, young, young girls and young women and and women of, you know, to walk past and um, reflect on themselves. That's just something very special. Yeah. Um, And it's
2: really, it's really exciting to see families. I've seen families go out there and take pictures um, just see fathers with their daughters out there taking pictures and it's like, Yes, you go ahead and affirm your little girl. That's what
1: I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Now then that's an amazing, you know, image and that that example right there because, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, black women and beauty and the the gaze of society, response of society, things like that. But black women aren't in this alone and they definitely shouldn't be. Um so, do you feel that black men have any meaningful role or responsibility in affirming the beauty of black women?
2: Ooh, yes! I love that we're having we're having like real real talk right now. We like yes.
1: to be real on here. That's um, <laughs> you know, how, how we do. Yeah. You know? <laughs>
2: um, I I think that wow, I th- this is it's so layered. It's so layered. I'm often surprised that the black men who don't affirm black women where it's like, well, where do you think you came from? Right, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> where do you think you came from? You ain't just pop up on this earth like...
1: <laughs> and where are you
0: looking? It was a black <laughs> like... woman that, 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 that made you.
2: Mm. Right. A black woman who poured love into you. So, you know, you, I would think that your duty would be to pump. Pour love right back into where into your community, into yourself, because essentially, you know, we're we're black people.
0: Yeah, we mm-hmm. have
2: to pour love into ourselves. We have to affirm each other. Yeah, Who else is going to do it?
0: Absolutely, so, it's, yeah, it's part of that self love that we're talking about. Yeah. It's a communal mm-hmm. self love mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm.
1: and it's important. Yes. I think, like sure. as much as we talk about, you know, get into these conversations on. Toxic masculinity, specifically with regard to black men, you know, the idea that spreading love, protecting and defending, you know, not just your community on a physical level, but also like its perception and its understanding of itself, its value of itself, both what it produces and, you know, the beauty of the people who comprise it. That's a very interesting counter argument to those narratives. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I
2: mean, I think that I think that um, Black women definitely set a standard, and when we are able to um, embrace ourselves, we encourage others to embrace themselves also. So the number of the number of I'm so really I'm really really proud to see the Black male organizations that have been springing up in the past few years that are about black male wellness Mm
3: -hmm. and
2: you know there's uh, my friend has one called black men smile I mean I think that's so important because you don't you know every day you don't get to you don't get to see that that beauty and Mm -hmm. and I think that I mean he's literally told me like black women started we just care we just you know carried on I'm
3: like Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah
2: yes We feed into each other, and we have to remember that. We feed into each other. We have to encourage each other every step of the way.
0: I love that. Partnership, you know, Mm -hmm. and collaboration is necessary. So you are up to so many things. Um, What's next? What's next on the horizon for you?
2: (laughs) I really want to do another Hey, Brown Girl mural.
1: Oh. Awesome. Hopefully in Brooklyn, yes. maybe yeah, Brooklyn. Brooklyn, maybe, maybe Brooklyn or Philly. Brooklyn. <laughs> <know,
2: laughs> Brooklyn sounds great. Uh, Brooklyn sounds wonderful. Philly sounds great. Um, I'm open. You know, if someone wants to
3: help mm. me fulfill
2: a dream, this dream, then I'm I'm open for it. I also mm. want to do one of Essence Fest.
0: Ooh, That's that makes wonderful. so much. Yeah, dream. Yeah, absolutely. Right. We might have to think. We might have to put yeah, our thinking cap think on. It. And... I
1: mean, Philly's the land of murals. You know, what I mean, we this is true. We put them everywhere. We do.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if we can, if we can aid in any way, we will, we will put our thinking caps on about, you know, if we know a spot,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, but um, we, I would love to see it yeah. here yeah. in in Brooklyn yes.
1: for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. So so now it needs, be, okay. it
2: needs to be there. It needs to be there. Um, the other thing that I'm, because i realized that as much as I give to Black Girl Beautiful, I have to give as much to myself. So there are some, besides the podcast, which y'all are inspiring me to record another episode today. <laughs>
3: um,
2: I, there's something that I've been toying with for a very, very long time. And anyone that's followed me on social media and paid attention to my routine and to my hashtags, um, Mornings with Nakia, it's oh a, yeah! It's a show that I want to do, and I'm going to do it.
0: Oh, oh yay! Awesome. <laughs> I used, I loved your morning affirmations. <laughs> yeah. They were I was like, this is so calm, like it's so peaceful. Like even just to watch it is mm-hmm. very. It just brings other people calm. So that that would be incredible.
2: That's my. I mean, realistically, coming full circle. My very first job, like we talked about earlier, was as a TV news producer for a morning show. So why
0: wouldn't I do this? <laughs> you know? <Yeah>.
3: Exactly. <laughs> Wonderful. I can't exactly.
0: wait. So yeah. we can't wait to... To to to, to spend see it to watch it, That's
1: that's to what we're going to Spend mornings with
0: you. Yeah. I know Brian has one yeah. more question. I got to do this. Does not related at all we, to we, anything we, we've been talking about. Yeah, but he is looking at me like I, if I don't get to ask this question,
1: yeah, uh, like I'm not he, going he's, he's in not this gonna interview. Us, we're <laughs> just going to keep going until there's time for this question <laughs> because I know that we have talked about all kinds of stuff. We talked about you know all the esoterica and the, the everything. But I know the one thing that I super enjoyed about hanging out with you and that I know not a lot of people know about you is that you are a serious comic book geek. Yes.
3: <laughs> yes.
1: So we just go yep. we go break through all the all the veneer right now. We just gonna talk about how much fun it is to sit around and talk Marvel and D C movies with Nakia Phoenix. So Oh
2: my gosh. <laughs> I I'm literally yes. Yes, yes, yes. I mean I'm so, whew, Marvel's been throwing me for a loop and I'm, I'm, I'm really, I need, I need DC comics to really get on it with this, the next Batman film. Yeah. Um, I don't,
0: I, just, I don't I, know. Wait, what, what was the loop? Was Endgame yeah. overwhelming? Cause I cried for, I, we saw it three times. I cried for three full hours the first time. Mm-hmm. I cried for about an hour, like an hour the, the second, second time. time. The third one, I, I think, I cried again for three full. The hours.
1: weird thing is, the third time we saw it, like they were like she was fine, but there were like six other people in the theater like bawling their eyes out. It was crazy. Was it too much? Was I, it overwhelming?
0: It was.
2: It was. It was overwhelming. I wasn't ready. And then when I watched um, the last Spider Man, I was like, I'm. I'm sorry. Why did? Why did y'all do? No, like it. My emotions were just It's emotional.
0: Yeah,
1: it's hard. It, it's
0: bad because he got me into this. Bry got me into this and now we can't watch anything because I start crying. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Well, I can't look at this because yeah. no, this relates to So
1: now I that- can't watch any Marvel movies because, <laughs> you know, I definitely understand. I liked the the Spider Man movie, the the second Spider Man movie, but I know it was like it was so early. It was so it was also fresh. It was just hard to pick it up and like do that again. But right. You know. Exactly.
2: And did you all watch Watchmen?
0: Yes. yes we haven't
1: finished it yet. We're kind it. of like still going, but we lo- we're loving every second of it. It is awesome.
0: It's, it's amazing. Yeah.
1: It, that's the only thing that kind of gives us hope for, for DC, you know, going forward because like.
0: That's good. The
1: movies have a really Regina worked King out. Regina
0: is, King is, 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 is just
1: yeah killing Talk it. Talk about I mean. black girl power. Like under DC, Regina King will save you. Like recognize that.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness! Because because I felt like I felt like I had to play catch up between like you know what I'm used to from Watchmen to catch up with this you know extension of the of the universe I guess and it was just like whoa wait what okay alternate okay you know my head was my <laughs> mind was blown and also like super geeked out like mm-hmm. watching it. I kid you not, I was watching it and then I was on the internet flipping through stuff. I'm like, Okay, wait, and issue number blah blah blah. Kind okay, of, yep. Yeah, and then comparing, like,
0: oh so
1: that's
0: up. Yeah, mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> so the that's next awesome. time we talk with you, we will do a complete yes comic book world uh yes. you know, uh, a discussion. We're I think do that'd like be a whole really fun
1: comic book shop style. Like we might even come down the oh. and do it from a comic shop, like just let's just let's do it crazy but thank you so much Nikia. we 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 love talking to you about everything absolutely everything um and as we're coming to the end of this particular interview we will have more conversations um we always like to end our interviews with what we call the a list and for us a is about activism it's about action it's about affirmation it's about all types of positive interactions so we want you to let us know if there's any person, group, organization, anyone that's out there doing the good work that you think we should all know about.
2: Ooh. Ooh, doing the good work. ha, Okay. Okay. I am going to shout out... I'm going to shout out... um, This is so hard because there there are a, a couple that really my friend uh, Bosco has a creative agency that I think keeps they keep pushing the envelope and I and I like it and they're like no we're going to be heard and the agency is called slug agency I really love the work that they do Uh, Bosco is such an such a phenomenal artist and such a phenomenal leader and I like that they do. They do work with bigger brands, and they challenge those bigger brands to think outside the box and stop doing the same damn thing.
0: <laughs> that is I, awesome.
2: I, I love that they do that. Um, I'm also. I've also been really digging into a lot of. Um, how should I put it? Uh, there's a, um, noir. I think is a fantastic. You know talking about black women and wellness, and I think that that they do it so well and they're so authentic and real uh, with their messaging and i'm I'm always amazed that black women organizations that keep pushing the mark and keep reminding us that we are that we're loved and that we deserve to have peace also, one last one. <clears throat> This, because this is really interesting to me as well. Um, it's called the Nap Ministry. Mm. You so their, um in their Instagram bio it says we examine the liberating power of nap. We believe rest is a form of resistance and reparation. Wow,
1: <laughs> I like that.
2: And it's like, oh wait, yeah, you're right. I think that's that's really
0: powerful. So, yes, nap ministry. All right, I, guess, I can't wait to check know, them. I need to naps get, I need more self-care. naps. I, I like really it. do need more <laughs> naps. So, thank you so much, Nikia. Thank you for being on our podcast. Yes,
1: thank you, Nikia.
0: We love talking with you and hope to see you next time you're up here yes. in uh, in Brooklyn. Yeah. yeah. And so check out Nakia Phoenix on Instagram at Nakia Phoenix and the Nakia Phoenix podcast on Apple Podcasts and follow us at Afro Chic and hashtag One Story Up for more discussions on fashion, art, design, and more. Thanks, Nakia. Thank
1: you, Nakia. Thank you. That was awesome. Afro Chic Magazine is a lifestyle publication celebrating design, art, food, and fashion from across the African diaspora. The Root says Afro Chic Magazine is for us, by us, celebrating our own incomparable influence. Get the magazine that celebrates the culture at afrochic.com.